Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now right rug flooring you know you've got a comeback in you when you take the next step you're going to make it count for your career for your family for your life you can earn a degree you're proud of with purdue global purdue global is backed by purdue university one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities this is your chance this is your opportunity this is your comeback Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is The Eds with Eddie Judge and Edwin Aroyave. The Husbands Know Best, a Tutis production. Hey guys, welcome to The Eds Podcast. My name is Eddie Judge. And I'm Edwin Aroyave. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know we are the better halves of Teddy and Tamara. But not a lot of people know much about us other than what they've seen on TV. So let's get into it. We're going to start today with uh, getting to know each other. Sound good? Yeah, no, it sounds great. I'm excited to uh, get this thing started finally. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's start with a few questions. I want to I wanna know a little bit more about you, Edwin. Um, where did you grow up? So I was born in, in Bogota, Colombia. My parents and I came to the U.S. when I was six years old in search of that American dream. However, that American dream quickly became an American nightmare because due to some unfortunate circumstances, uh, my family lost everything we had. Uh, so much so that at the age of 15 years old, I had to become the head of household. And at the time, I was lucky enough to get a job working at a call center, which was probably not the best ideal type of job for me because I was very shy. And I was very timid, but 
I quickly got the courage to do this job I did not want to do just out of my desperation to help my family out. Uh, at this point, I was just tired of seeing my mom not be able to pay for the rent at the end of the month. I was tired of us running out of food at the end of the month because we lived on food stamps. I was tired of my siblings, mother and I living in this tiny little bedroom without any windows. And finally, I was just tired of like roaches waking me up in the middle of the night. So really the avoidance of pain is what caused me to take on something that really demanded more than I thought I was worth at the time. And at the time, I, I even though I was very shy and I was very timid, the, the one thing that I did have going for me was I was a big dreamer, man. At 12 years old, I remember my mom would go to work and I would just stay home by myself and I would visualize how one day I was going to make a hundred grand a year by the age of 21 years old. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew I was going to figure it out. And it, it just, I kept thinking about it all the time. I became obsessed with it. And so sure enough, when I got the job at 15 years old, I just started focusing on what I could control, which at the time was my activity and my attitude. And I just had faith that the right people would come in front of me to sort of make the impossible possible. And sure enough, I became the youngest manager in company history at that point. Uh, I started making some pretty good money at the time from, from a kid from Huntington Park. I was I started making about $1,000 a week. and But more importantly, I became the right hand of the VP of sales of that company. And then three years later, he comes into my office and he says, hey, I'm going to start this home security company and I'm going to resign. And he says to me, I can't guarantee you the 70 grand a year that you make here, but if you make this work, you can possibly double, triple, quadruple what you make here. And the first thing I thought was, well, first of all, you don't have to be that smart to be to make six, seven figures a year or eight figures a year. You just have to have common sense and drive. And that's exactly what I did. I used common sense. I said, this guy's making 250 grand a year and he's resigning because he thinks he could make millions in this industry that's untapped. Second thing I thought was, man, if this guy's willing to mentor me how to start a company from the ground up, I'm like, this is exactly what I needed because I didn't graduate. Um, I didn't go to college. I graduated with a 1.8 GPA. And I just needed a mentor at the time. And then lastly, I was just a huge, like I said, I was a huge dreamer. I remember I would always ditch school, which is probably why I ended up with a 1.8 GPA, but I literally would drive to like Beverly Hills and Hollywood Hills. I did fifth, sixth period, go to Beverly Hills, Hollywood Hills. And I would just, I was like, whoa, people look different here. People dress different here. The food tastes better here. And, um, but what was interesting, what got me to Hollywood Hills and Beverly Hills was, this is back in 1995, and Ricky Martin was a big hit back then. Like, all the ladies wanted Ricky Martin. So, I remember reading this magazine, I think it was Us Magazine, and it talked about Ricky Martin shopping at Emporio Armani. <laughs> so, I looked up Emporio Armani, I'm like, oh, that's in Odeo Drive. Let me go drive over there. And, and maybe I could, maybe if I started dressing like Ricky Martin, maybe the chicks would pay more attention to me. <laughs> so that's actually how I ended up on the West side from the East side. And it was kind of like a pretty woman kind of uh, uh, scene in that I literally walked into Emporio Armani with size 42, uh, 501 jeans. So my waist nice. size was 42, 501 jeans, some Harleys and um, a wife beater and, 
And that's how I walked into the store. And funny enough, the guy that basically took care of me uh, became a really good friend of mine and like started hooking me up with all these deals at Emporio. So uh, I started dressing nicer and, and yeah, I girls kind of started paying attention to me once I started dressing a little nicer. So it kind of worked, <laughs> right? Um, but anyways, that's how it started. And, and so when I got that opportunity, I, everyone told me I was crazy because how are you going to leave this job that pays you, you know, $70,000 a year with a 401k plan and all that good stuff for this unknown. But really my dream was bigger than any excuse that I could make on why I wasn't going to take the opportunity. Another part of my dream is I promised my dad at 10 years old that when he got out of jail, he'd never have to work a day in his life. And wow. I promised my mom at 12 years old that one day I was going to buy her a house. So again, my dreams are bigger than any excuse that I could give myself on why it couldn't happen. And I took the plunge and I went after it. And here we are 25 years later, <laughs> you know, the company's made over 600 million and uh, just last year alone, it did 200 million and, and, and we're just, we're sort of just getting started, but it took, uh, uh, it took, it definitely took a leap of faith. That's amazing. That's really incredible. And I want to go back a little bit to when we started, um, about your story where you were with your family. And one of the first questions I had was, did you have a mentor, um, guide you through your dreams? Because having a dream is one thing, but it, you know, executing on that dream and figuring out how to get there is, is really the key, right? And, and you don't need a Harvard degree for that. You need, like you said, um, you need a will, you need tenacity, and then you need guidance, right? So you answered yeah. that question by telling me that this guy that, you know, took you under his wing and said, hey, you want to make a million dollars? <laughs> Let's go open up this business. My yeah. question to you is, how did that work while you were still living with your parents? I mean, before you started making the 70000 or the $1,000 a week, were you still living at home? Were you inspiring your family? Were you driven by trying to get out of that? Yeah. So I, I was, so great question. Yeah. I was driven because at, at 10 years old. So what happened is when we first came to the U.S., two weeks after coming to the U.S., our home got raided by law enforcement. And that day, both my parents ended up in jail oh. and my sister and I ended up in a foster home. Okay. And then eight months later, my parents get acquitted of all charges. And now my sister and I think that this nightmare is over. However, the nightmare was just beginning because every year after that, our home would get raided at least mm. once a year. And then finally, when I was 10 years old, so my dad would go to Columbia. They couldn't catch him. He'd come back and back and forth. Finally, when I was 10, they were able to arrest him. And this time they put him away for a long time. And, and his, the cops were nice enough to allow me to talk to him before they took him in. And his last words were, son, you need to become the man of the house. And when I turned 15, I could finally legally go after a job. I just started applying every, everywhere. And the thing was, no one would hire me because I was so shy and timid that during the interviews, I'd get so nervous that I'd start stumbling my words and then I'd start sweating. And then, so they probably thought I was on drugs. So finally, a buddy of mine that knew my situation says, hey, Edwin, I found this company. They hire anyone. Just show up and I promise you that they're hiring you. I'm like, are you sure? It's like, dude, I sent the last seven people there. They've all gotten hired. 
So I, of course, get all excited. I drive down to this job interview. And at the time, I had a Nissan Sentra that had no air conditioning and had those roll-up windows. So it was kind of a hot day. So I get in there and I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm already hot. So I'm kind of sweating, but not too much. And I'm like, I hope I don't sweat in this interview. Well, sure enough, two minutes into the interview, the guy is handing me over a paper towel. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, shoot, he's noticing that I'm sweating. So then, of course, the sweat just comes full throttle. I, I look like I, I ran a marathon. And this is why whenever I do speak on stage, you'll never see me dressed in white because that day I had a white shirt and you could see through the entire shirt because that's how much I sweated during this interview. And I don't get the job. So I remember walking back to my car and I was just discouraged as heck. And I go into the restroom to kind of clean myself up. And I just start praying to God at the time. I just say, Hey God, I, I need a shot. Just give me a shot. I promise you, if you can find, if you can help me find a job, I'll work harder than anybody's ever worked. And I promise you, I'll always praise your name on, on an opportunity. If you just give me the opportunity. And sure enough, as soon as I get out of that restroom, there's a gentleman outside and he says, Hey kid, when do you start? I said, I don't start. You guys are completely full. And he starts laughing. He's like, who told you that? I'm like, well, the guy I just interviewed with. So he takes me over to the HR room. He says, I need you to hire this kid. I need him to start tomorrow at 3 p.m. And I started it the next day. And But here's the crazy part. That same person is the same person that six years later helps me start the security company. Wow. So I'm literally... I'm a firm believer that in life, people just need one shot. They need a system. They they need a believe a leader that believes in them. That's going to be patient with them. That's going to show you how to do it. And that that's it's exactly what happened to me. That's why I, I always tell people like, look, guys, if you guys want to make six, seven, eight figures a year, whatever you want to make, you need two things. You need to find an opportunity that allows you to make that kind of money. Because mm -hmm. if you can't find an opportunity that allows you to make that kind of money. What makes you think you're going to make that kind of money? And then the second one, which is the hardest one, is you need to find someone who's done it before, who has a vested interest in your success that's going to help you do it. And if you could find that person, you're pretty much going to make it unless you just don't work hard. But the hard part is most people that make that type of money aren't going to take you under their wing and show you exactly how they do it. So, you know, that was my story. I'm literally uh, uh, the story of like one person gave me a shot and I ran with it and I never looked back. That's amazing. And do you ever wonder um, why this person gave you that shot or did it just kind of manifest as the journey began? And I mean, obviously you asked God and God placed them there and, and he gave you, he answered your, your prayers. But the, what was this guy seeing your, did, did he, did he ever tell you, like, I saw your, your potential. I saw your energy. I saw what you have or what you wanted. I honestly think that the whole time they did hire anyone. It's just <laughs> that I got so nervous that the guy in the HR room probably honestly thought I was on drugs oh. or something. Like, why is this kid breaking? Why can't he stop sweating? What the hell is wrong with this kid? Yeah. And I just think when he saw me, it was more of like, we need bodies in here. Let's get this guy in here. And then I just, you know, I took on this like mindset of an overachiever. I just was, I was going to outwork you. I was going to, uh, I got obsessed with like repetition and, you know, instead of getting, I got energized by it and I was going to outwork you. I, I was going to, you know, I took, I went to all the, I, I basically just, I started showing up to everything. 
Yeah. Like most of the people that were way more talented than I was, they would always, they'd never show up on Fridays. They definitely never showed up on Saturdays. I like, like showed up every day. Yeah. There was these leadership development, um, uh, programs that they had. They never showed up. I always showed up. Wow. Uh, I remember I just went up to the top guy in the whole company and I said, Hey, I went with my little radio shack recorder and I was like, can you just record your pitch for me? And he recorded it. I literally learned that thing verbatim. I learned it word for word. And I basically kind of took his confidence. I started to talk like him. I took his tonality. I started to basically walk like him, like everything. <laughs> and I got my confidence from that because really in life, it's just confidence. The, the more certain person is always going to influence the, the less certain person. So uh, that's how I kind of got my 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 uh my start that's amazing that's this truly a yeah. you know american dream story where you know rags to riches you just work your ass off and i can't emphasize enough how important that is for people that don't have the opportunities to grow up with money and you know silver platter and you know ivy league schools and all that um it really yeah. is a combination of hard work and tenacity well i think a big part of that too is I, we did have some money and then it all got taken away. Cause again, yeah. you can't improve on something you're not aware of. Right. And I think, you know, growing up, I did have a taste of what having some money felt like. And then all of a sudden, like we don't even have enough money for food. Whereas like, if you don't know any better, like you don't know the difference and you don't know what you don't know. Right. But once you know, you're like, wait a minute, this is why I want to work my butt off. Like, you know, you've never flown first class, like you're probably not going to know what that feels like. So why would you want to go work your butt off to go get it? Right. But like, once you do, you're like, wait a minute, this is kind of where I belong. I need to go work my ass off to, to go make that happen. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Let's hear about you, man. I, I know you have an awesome story as well. So where'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in Anaheim. I was born in Mexico, came at the age at, uh, I think, age two. And this is going way back, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll condense it. Um, I, 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 this, I think this is one of the reasons why my wife loves me because of this story. Um, yeah. came, to the, came to America with my family. Um, I'll never forget, we lived in a garage uh, with, you know, a bed. And it was my aunt, my grandmother, and myself. And these, these family in Fullerton was kind enough to allow us to live there for about six months, I believe. Um, I, I don't know the exact timing because I was so little. You know, everything, you know, just happens. But fast forward, we worked our way up to an apartment and then from an apartment to a house and then moving from city to city. But um, for me, I, I think what lit a fire under my ass was my aunt telling me at the age of 13 saying, hey, you know, you got to start contributing. You got to get a job. And I'm like, a job? I'm 13. Where am I going to get a job? She's sure. like, go down the street and start mowing lawns or something, but you need to work. And, and I'll never forget that day. Um, that's actually when I met my adopted dad and we share this story together all the time. We talk about it because we, we were in business together at one point and I'm sitting there on my bike, looking at him, asking him for a job. <laughs> um, and he's like, a job, what do you want a job for? You, you, you play with my dogs all the time and you're always having fun. You're just a kid. I'm like, well, I need to make money and I mow your lawn. And he's like, okay. Well, what, what, what do you, what do you want to get paid? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me what I want to get paid. And it was that conversation that we had at that moment that um, we, we always go back to when we have our, our stories that we talk about, you know, how we met. And I said, uh, how about $10? And I started mowing lawns for $10 and then doing jobs here and there, throwing the paper. Uh, Sundays sucked because the paper was so big. <laughs> 
And then, um, and then he started, uh, renovating his home. So he hired me on the summer and I picked up one of my friends to go work with him. And we were just sanding this old 19 built 1960s home down to the wood and just working our ass off to make a living, uh, so that we can go hang out and pick up chicks, you know, <laughs> everything yeah. is, was driven around, you know, what motivates you. And at the time, of course, girls, uh, were motivating, but um, he was my mentor. He was, he was, he just graduated law school. He was doing very well. He was working all the time. And, um, one of the things that I told myself when I was a kid is I never want to work that hard. I never want to work, you know, 12 hour days, 16 hour days and have no life. And it wasn't until I graduated high school and I went to go get a job that I realized I don't have any skills. I don't have anything, you know, to give to anybody. So nobody would hire me. And, I got to the point where I went back to work with, with my now father, um, and he gave me the opportunity to go to school. So I went back to school, um, started working on business and, and I was like you, very shy. I was afraid to talk to people. Um, you know, I had somehow I had opportunities, but always very shy. And I took a course in college, funny enough, um, for acting and, the reason I took that course is because I wanted to get my confidence standing in front of an audience and talking about whatever I needed to talk about. Because my vision was one day I'm going to be standing in front of people in a nice suit talking business, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that was my yeah. vision. <laughs> and um, and so the acting classes really um, gave me that self-confidence, especially drama. Drama really helped me get into myself and what makes me tick, what makes me emotional. And it's really hard to cry on the spot. <laughs> it really <Yeah>. is. <laughs> but those are the skills that I picked up that really got to know who I am as a person, what makes me happy, what makes me sad. Um, and I'll never, I'll never regret that moment where I learned who I really was because of these acting classes. Now I did, I did do some acting and, you know, some shows on stage and all that, that contributed to my confidence. And it was a lot of fun. Um, I got what, what we would call the acting bug, you know, yeah. like, Oh, I want to be on stage. I want to be, you know, a lead singer. I want to be a lead role. And, and then I tried acting for the camera and that was nerve wracking. Um, I, I, I just, I, there's something about a big lens looking at you in your face, you know, going, okay, do something. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and it's, and I struggled with it, but from there, I just went on and, um, started working with my father. We started building his practice from the ground up. I think we started with like four employees or three employees. And by the time I left the firm, we had about 35 employees, over 3000 cases, uh, maybe four, four attorneys working for us. And I was, you know, I was leading that business. It really taught me so much. I started from being a file clerk to, you know, working on cases to, um, managing a team to, you know, managing the firm. So it gave me a, a huge, it was, it was like, one of my girlfriends at the time said, that's your MBA. You just got your MBA running a business like this. So for me, um, the thing, the biggest takeaway from that was the complete opposite of what I thought as a kid. I don't want to work that hard. You know, when I got to the point where like, I got no other option but to work that hard. That's when my life changed. That's when I started working hard. And that's when I realized 
even if I have to work 24 hours a day, I'm going to have to do it because I have tasted the finer things in life. I do want a nicer car. I do want to fly first class. I do want to go to the finer restaurants, you know? And, and that was exactly what motivated me at the time. I want to be, you know, wealthy. Growing up mm -hmm. with nothing was a big part of it too. Like, hey, I, I didn't have anything growing up, barely had any clothes to go. I mean, I didn't even have hand-me-downs. I'm not going to wear my aunt's clothes, right? <laughs> and yeah. she's only a couple years older than me. But um, the struggle was, I think, what led me to push myself to always work my ass off. And it got to the point where, you know, I think it took us about 13 years to build this 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 practice up. And um, And it gave me the confidence that I could do anything anything I want to do. Um, and then that's probably when I met my wife, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a life changing moment for me because she's here. She is on this national television show and she's telling me she wants to open up a business. She doesn't know what yet. It's either a, a fitness business or a bar. And I'm like, well, I don't know anything about alcohol and being a health nut all my life. I don't really want to. So let's go with the gym. Even though I know it's cr crowded, crowded space, I did do personal training, um, I think in my early 18, 19 years old. And again, I learned real fast. I, this is not going to pay the bills. This is a great business. I love helping people, but it's not going to pay the bills. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's for me, it was, it was being hungry. And wanting the best for myself, for my life, um, because I really didn't have a, a father that was there for me. I had an adopted father that I, you know, took me under his wing and, and taught me what I needed to learn, which was to work, work hard. If you want the finer things in life, you got to work hard. And nine to five is not enough. That's not working hard. <laughs> mm. And, and, um, I think that was, um, what my prayers, how my prayers were answered. I was just thinking, how am I going to do this? I can't get a job. I can't, I, I, nobody's going to hire me. Um, I have no skills and you know, what am I going to do? And it took meeting the right people in my life path to, to get the answers and, and see the path, right. And getting there. But that's, that's, I think that's the biggest lesson I learned in my life and business is you can have all the energy and, and, and desires and dreams and visions you want. But if you don't know, what route to take it's going to be a tough route it's going to be a really tough route but when you meet the right yep. person that that sees your vision whether it's one person or many um you become very powerful very mm -hmm. very powerful so yeah well there's there's something so much you said there that i i, I relate to you know i think you know, what I've realized is what gets people to sort of move and finally take action towards what they really want to do is number one, the avoidance of pain, right? Where something's just hurting you so bad that you just, you're not tolerating it anymore or like the pleasure of where you're going. So for me, it's always been both, right? The avoidance of pain, like I was just tired of roaches waking me up in the middle of the night. I was tired of uh, sleeping in that little bedroom, right? But the other thing I did, which sounds like you did as well, was knowing the pleasure of where I was going. And I call that like touching the dream before you have what you need. Right. You know, you, you mentioned that you got a little taste of kind of that good life. And it's what sort of made you think, okay, well, I need to go back there because it's a lot different than more from where I came from. So, and then the other question I had for you, can you still cry on camera? No, I never was able to. 
that was the problem. That's why I didn't become an actor because I couldn't cry on camera. <laughs> the, the instructor was like, yeah, nice. you're not going to make it. I thought maybe you got <laughs> to that point. <laughs> oh, it was the yeah. hardest thing. I mean, what I could do, Edwin, was sing and dance. That was my fun. I could do that all day long because that was, yeah. in fact... Um, I do remember distinctively getting the bug after a show um, and, and people, there's nothing more exhilarating so far in my life than getting a standing ovation from an audience after you oh, yeah. just perform your ass off, you know, maybe, maybe speaking, public speaking would be the same, but it's yeah. such a rush. It is an incredible feeling. You feel so successful and you feel so admired and it's, it's a great feeling. <laughs> it <Yeah>. really is. <laughs> so speaking of that, it's so funny. So at, 17 years old, I was a background dancer for a drag queen <laughs> and we were called the pretty boys and we would basically go to all these nightclubs in, in Hollywood awesome. and we would perform on at 21 and over clubs. And we were probably the worst background dancers ever, but it was, yeah, like you said, you're on stage, you kind of get that feeling. You're like, wow. And then, you know, at that point, like, chasing women was like my thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it was like, yes, I want to do this. Whatever's going to get me close to women, I want to do it. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so how do you think your culture has helped you in your success? I mean, you touched a little bit about you've, you've, you were, you had money at one point and you lost it and then you made it and you lost it. Um, how has your culture really helped you, you know, drive in this world in America, basically? Yeah, like, I think, yeah, no, I think for me, even though like it was rough growing up, the one thing that my mom did that was great for me is she always gave me a lot of love. My dad gave me a lot of love. So, and they, they put me in sports um, and, you know, that, taught me how to compete that kept me distracted from all the bad things that I probably could have gotten into living where I grew up. Uh, but, you know, showing me that love, I think really, and showing the, you know, one of my dad would always tell me like, Hey, you got to take care of your mom. Like no matter what you got one mom, you're going to take care of her and no excuses. And wow. at a very young age, I just got you, the culture was like, you take care of your family first. And, um, I've always been very close with, with my fam, you know, my siblings are kind of like my kids. I've been taking care of them since I was 15 and I've been taking care of mom and dads for, for a while, but it's, it's what drives me today. You know, I think, you know, if you live for yourself, you can settle for less, but if you live for others, it requires all of who you are. And, you know, I think if you're just living for yourself, eventually it gets old, but when you got people depending on you, it's, it's a, it's that nice little push that that you need, but, um, yeah, no. And, and obviously the food's great. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have the exact same answer because my family didn't have any money. I was obviously growing up and they also put me in sports. I had pop Warner football when I was, um, I think seven or eight. And I'll never forget. We, we showed up to sign up for football and they said, Oh, well, his age group is all full, but the next age group up is available. And I'm like, I want to play. 
sure enough, I was the scrawniest little kid on this team, but I was kicking ass because, you know, I want to play. And, yeah. and I'll never forget that day. My, my, even my grandma was like, you sure you want to do this, mijo? Cause they're, they're bigger than you. <laughs> they're going to run you right. over. I'm like, I don't care. I want to play. Um, but the most important thing that you said just now that really stood out is the biggest thing I, I got from my culture and my family is love. Um, that is one thing that unconditional love that this family brings, um, to my life. And, um, I mean that in a way where, cause I had uncles that were into drugs and taking drugs, not selling drugs, but just doing drugs. They were just not really great for society. And this is what I had to look up to. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know, at one point I just didn't want anything to do with that. And I thought I got to get out of this situation. I don't, I don't, I admire, especially my grandmother, who's 98 years old now. She still talks about her children, these adult children as their little mijos, right? No matter yeah. what, they're always going to be there. There's, she's living in a home right now and she's talking about bringing them to live with her so she can take care of them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Growing up, of course, I, I, I would be around all kinds of people, you know, the jocks, the, the cheerleaders, the druggies, the, the, the smart people, you know, the, the, it's just the athletes, the jocks. And for some reason, I, I always enjoyed the different types of friendships, but I never really was involved in the, doing the drugs or selling the drugs or, mm. but I would literally go to my friend's house and, and, and watch his parents do drugs on their living room table. That's how I was introduced to drugs. Not because, you know, my family was doing them, but yeah. I was like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want anything to do with that. So it, it's funny how you're, you're, your, your situation is you're, you're presented with this thing in front of you and you're like, well, what am I going to do with it? Right. Mm. <laughs> do I punt? Do I <laughs> sweep right? Do I turn around yeah. and run away? What do I do? And as a kid, I, I fortunately made the right decision. And that was to, you know, avoid all the, all the illegal stuff that was presented to me in front of me. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You mentioned you were shy, you were timid. How much of your confidence came from women starting to pay attention to you? Uh, you mentioned when you were younger, you you started like liking women and, and you know, basically what every teenager does. Uh, was that a thing for you? Women started liking you, you got some confidence from it? I, I think... If I'm, if I go back, I, I had women that liked me, but I never had the money to take them out. Right. Cause <laughs> it was, you need money to, to have a girlfriend. And, right. and I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the job. I didn't have all, any of that. But what I started doing is working on myself. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. the reason why I started working any job I can to make money and, and to hopefully build some confidence because now that's the element I'm missing. Right. And it wasn't enough. It wasn't until after high school when I started lifting weights and getting into bodybuilding and really, um, and and of course acting classes and getting into who I am as a person, what, what's going to drive me. That's what gave me the confidence. That's when I started, you know, I had the money, I had the looks, I had the body, I had the car and, and I started getting the attention. But it opened my eyes to realize that the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with does not have to be uh, a, a, a supermodel anymore, right? Yeah, yeah she yeah. Ju- she just has to be attractive, and she just has to like me. <laughs> you know? So you know what's funny? It's so funny you mentioned this because the, the <laughs> thing that Teddy gets pissed when I when I say, I mean, my my wife, I think she's beautiful, right? Um, but I always say like I, I, I reason I loved you is your your marriage material. Well, how, what age did you meet Teddy? Because, you know, I agree with everything you're saying. And for me, as you're talking, I'm like, it took me till 35 years old to figure that shit out. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, 
when I met Tamara, I was like, I'm over it. I don't want to date any hot chicks in Newport Beach anymore. I am just going to make a bunch of money. And when I get older, I'll have a young hot chick next to me. And that's it. That's my life. You know, um, right. I've given up. And, and suddenly this beautiful girl falls into my lap and, and it's a great story. I'll tell you about it, but I, I don't think I settled. I know you didn't settle. I mean, our wives are pretty damn hot, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and they are model material, uh, but they're just incredibly smart, incredibly driven. And, and they're mm-hmm. so unique in that. Um, I, I, I can't speak for your wife because I don't know her that well, but I know my wife had her struggles. She had a, her first child at 17 and, and she had that struggle as a single mom for years and years and years. And, and it's a tough life and that drives you to want to mm-hmm. be more, you know, um, she had a great upbringing and, and her mom and dad were awesome. Um, when we just had this conversation, but it wasn't until she was an adult that they got divorced and that's when it really affected her. But Here's a woman, uh, I think she's just turned 41 years old, I'm 35 and 36, and we just meet, and it was love at first sight. I, 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 I can't explain it to you, I've only heard about it, but um, wow. yeah. what, what happened was my best friend, Marcos, was, um, he was my, my in, uh, fitness instructor when I started getting into teaching classes and all that. 20 something years ago. And he calls me and he says, Hey bro, um, I need to borrow your house. Cause I just bought this house where I live in right now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we're filming the show, the real housewives of Orange County. And we're just looking for a house. And I had furniture from my condo that I moved into this place and there was rooms with no furniture. And he's like, we're just filming, looking for a house to move into. And I'm like, what, when, when did you get into filming? What? Wait a minute wait a minute, are you bringing Eva Longoria to my house? Is this what's going on? <laughs> now yeah. I'm excited. And he's like, no, 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 bro. Wrong show. Sorry. It's the real housewives of Orange County. I'm, I don't know what that is, but mi casa, su casa. You, uh, I'll be here. I'll open the door. And sure enough, he comes, knocks, opens the door. I look at this beautiful blonde. I, I see hearts. I see uh, sparkles. I see fireworks. And, and, and my heart rate starts just running. And I'm like, what is wrong with me right now? What is going on? And we just locked eyes for, I don't know, it felt like a hundred years. And, mm. and of course she, she said the same thing. Like she thought I was not wearing a shirt when I opened the door and what I was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Marcos always says, yeah, I had to kick her like, you know, stop, you know, gazing because a you're married and the cameras are on (laughs) (laughs) oh god it was it was such an interesting experience and the sad part is that she was still married um but that didn't stop me from flirting a little bit you know Mm as you know getting questions and and sending her a facebook request and she calls marcos and tells him tell him to take it back i can't take a facebook request because my my husband at the time you know he's he's watching every step i take and I'm like, yeah. all right, I guess this didn't not- help. It was a good looking guy. Friend requested her too, right? That probably doesn't help. That doesn't help. Yeah. So, uh, fast forward about, uh, six or eight months, the holidays hit. And of course, Marcos being the nucleus in our, in our circle, we start running into each other at some of the same parties, holiday parties and all that. And I start getting to know her a little bit more, but we kept running into each other and we kept, you know, locking eyes and and smiling and talking and it was it was literally like we were meant to be but we couldn't because we had this guy that was in the middle of it and then 
I think New Year's happened after that. She left them. And three days later, Marco says she's available. And I'm like, okay, we're going to start dating. And it was probably a month after because she had to get through this whole transition from leaving, you know, her ex. It was about a month later, we had our first date in La Jolla. I said, we got to go somewhere where nobody knows you and nobody knows me, you know, because I don't want anybody to know this, you know, because you're, you know, you're on TV. Yeah. And we went to this nice little restaurant I knew about in La Jolla, walked around and I think somebody saw us, but didn't really say anything. They recognized her, but we just kept walking. And it was then that I realized, okay, my life's about to change. This is, this is craziness. But being with her in public and, and trying not to think about it, you know, trying to have a regular normal relationship conversation with this woman, um, I think that was what really helped her understand that I'm not after her for her TV status. I really want to get to know her. And, mm -hmm. and that's, I think what gave her the confidence, like maybe I'll give this guy a shot, you know, cause yeah. it's, it's, it's a weird situation. Even today, it's hard to make friends with people because she's shot on TV and you never know why they want to be a real friend. Right. Right. You, exactly. You always question it. I, I mean, she's taught me to do that, but I've, I'm pretty open. I'm, I'm, I will accept for, I'll accept anybody for who they are, what they drive, mm -hmm. what they do until they screw me or, or prove otherwise. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm just open like that. So, um, my wife though taught me, you got to be careful with, you know, why people want to be your friends. <laughs> mm. You know, it's funny. I, I think when, you know, you really like someone when the last thing on your mind is having sex with them. Yeah. Like you're so into getting to know them. You're so into the conversation. You're like, you know, the sex will probably come. That's not even, but like, if all you're thinking is sex, sex from the get go, that probably means, you know, you're probably not going to like her very much, or you probably no. don't really like her that much. When the last thing on your mind is sex, you know, you like that person. Yeah, I agree. I think you, you hit the nail on the head right there. Totally. So how did you meet yeah. Teddy? Well, ironically, <laughs> so with Teddy, it's actually a pretty funny story. So I was, we were both, we met at a nightclub and we were coming out of a nightclub 15 years ago. We were both beyond wasted. So much so that the next day when we woke up together in bed, we didn't remember each other's names, nor did we remember if we had slept with each other or not like we uh, we sort of thought we did but we really couldn't confirm it right and what's funny is that the next morning she's driving me home and she looks at me and she says edwin i i don't think we like had sex and i said why do why are you so certain she's like well i normally don't date guys like you you're just not my type you're like wearing this low v-neck you got long hair like and i like i i normally date like blonde guys with blue eyes and you're just not my type so <laughs> i didn't acknowledge the statement and i just thought in time i'll win her over with my wit and my charm or so i thought because literally eight months ago so this whole time i'm thinking she was never really that into me. Yeah. So about 10 months ago, I'm going through photo books and I run into 
Teddy's scrapbook when she was in high school. It's like a vision board scrapbook. Wow. So I started looking at this scrapbook and I'm thinking, oh, how cute. These are all the things that Teddy was into when she was younger. And I run into the page where she has cutoffs of the people that her dream guys. And you can only imagine my surprise when staring back at me was Enrique Iglesias <laughs> and Antonio Sabato Jr. And I'm thinking to myself, what the, like, what the heck? I thought she was only into dudes with blonde hair. Like she totally negged me on purpose. Totally so, playing you. <laughs> totally played me. So I called her up. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. You are, you are into some dark haired guys, you know? That's awesome. And, uh, but the whole time it was just funny seeing that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's how we met. And a little similar story to yours in that she was in the middle of getting a divorce and I had just had a baby three weeks prior to meeting Teddy. Wow. And, but it was from a previous relationship and we just, we, we, we had sort of a bad breakup where we just weren't going to get back together. And, um, when I met Teddy and she dropped me back home, we're hanging out and she's like, uh, is that ultrasound yours? <laughs> and I remember getting so nervous. Cause what am I, what was I supposed to say? Like, what is she going to think? Like, and I said, uh, I think. And uh, she said, well, how old? And I told her six months because I just got so nervous, right? <laughs> and she meets her, I think, a month into our relationship. And she's like, uh, Edwin, this isn't a six-month-old baby. This is a month-old baby. Yeah. And um, But immediately she just, I mean, that's part of how she won me over. I mean, she took care of my daughter as if it was hers from the get-go and wow and uh she's known my daughter you know from the get-go basically I, she met her at a month at, at, when she was a month old and um so anyway so so that was kind of my moment but then another great moment with teddy was again i grew up in huntington park so huntington park don't get it confused with huntington beach polar opposites a lot of people don't get it confused with hancock park uh <laughs> huntington park is southeast la it's the opposite of huntington beach right and i took her to you know i still hang out with some of my old friends that i grew up with and i remember taking her to one of my buddies party that he had in huntington park and this was like an old school kind of call it you know you know it was just the way we grew up and yeah. i thought this girl's not going to last here an hour. She, in an hour, she's going to be like, all right, we got to go. We got to get out of this freaking place. We stood there six hours. She didn't complain. She just had a great time. And she treated everyone with so much respect where she didn't think she was better than them. And I was like, okay, this is it. She's the one. Yeah. Because, you know, especially when you meet someone in, in the West Side, you know, you take them to the east side and they're like, oh, get me the heck out of here. I'm too good for this place, right? No, she was, um, which again, and then especially with her background, uh, with her dad being John Mellencamp and stuff, it, I mean, it was it was awesome to see her treat everyone with so much respect. And and I, I knew that was she was the one, you know. Now, speaking of negging, so when she told me uh, that her dad was John Mellencamp, <laughs> 
I, she's like, do you know who that is? I, I actually said no. <laughs> but the reality is I did know who he was because when I lived in Huntington Park in those apartments, we used to like steal cable. Uh-huh. I forget how I used to do that, but I used to get all the VH1 videos and oh, John Mellencamp's videos were, were always like number one. And, you know, they had the top 20. Yeah. And I would always see the John Mellencamp video. So I knew exactly who he was. But, but did you know he had a daughter? Oh, I had no clue that he had no. a daughter. But when she <laughs> mentioned, oh, that's my dad. I didn't want to say yes right away because I didn't want her to think, oh, now he just likes me because I'm John yeah. Mellencamp's daughter. So I was like, no, but I knew who he was. <laughs> right. Um, and I just, again, I loved how down to earth she was. And I remember when I first met him, that was a nerve wracking. Uh, oh, so I bet. I go to Indiana and we meet at a McDonald's and all how, of a sudden, three how, S- wait, how, I'm sorry to cut you off, but how long were you dating before you met him? I think if I remember correctly, it was about five months into our relationship or four months okay. into our relationship. Yes. I'd be nervous too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we go to Indiana and then all of a sudden we're, I don't know why we met at a McDonald's, but I just saw three SUVs and I'm not exaggerating, like three SUVs, dark SUVs, tinted windows. You would have thought it was the CIA and like three dudes in a suit come out. And then all of a sudden it's John Mellencamp dressed in black with his shades. And he's like, I am John. And <laughs> I was like, anyway, and then he gave me some shit that, that week. He's like, yeah. when you see these guys here, man, you mess with my daughter. I'm get you. So you better not break, break my daughter's heart. And every, uh, every man has to say that that's, that's like yeah. a requirement with, with a stone face. Like he didn't say jokingly either. He was, he, and I was like, oh, don't you worry. How long did it take you to win him over? A couple of years. Yeah. Uh, definitely a couple. I mean, he was never rude to me, but a couple of years, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a couple of times where he's like, how is this Edwin guy making the kind of money he's making? Like, is he a fucking drug dealer or something? They're like, so there was that. Like, um, That's awesome. So anyway, but he, he was always nice. But yeah, I would say it took a couple of years to kind of gain his respect and know that I was really going to, you know, take care of his daughter, which I probably would have done the same. <laughs> Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like... Meh. Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. 
Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So after winning them over and, and, you know, that was five months, two years. No, you, you met him and when you were dating five months, you won him over in two years. How long yeah. in your relationship was it before you both, um, were casted, if you will, or cast yeah. for the Real Housewives? So we dated for two years, got married. Speaking of the dad, so I never thought I was going to get married. Like I was always just so scared of getting married that because everyone I met, I was getting a divorce. Yeah. And I was so scared of getting married that I was just trying to push, push and not get married. And at one point I remember just telling Teddy, would you just have my baby? We don't have to get married. Just have my baby. <laughs> and she's like, you're freaking nuts. Are you stupid? That's literally what she told me. And yes, I did ask. So anyway, one day out of nowhere, she's like, Hey, what if we just get married in Paris? My dad's going to be touring and, and, uh, let's just last minute get married in Paris. And I remember always thinking that if I ever did get married, it was probably going to be last minute. It was probably going to be out of the country where I didn't have to worry about who do I invite? Who do I not invite? Yeah. And it just made total sense. And, and then, we got married. That was in 2011. We had our first child in 2012, our second child in 2014. And then 20, the end of 2017 is when she got approached uh, to do the Housewives show. And 
the first thing I thought was I immediately got scared because I hate the freaking cameras. Like I, I've gotten a little more used to them lately. But like, but back then I like was really fearful of cameras. How did and she present it to you? She just said she had this opportunity. There's this show called The Housewives, and you know they're looking. You know she they're looking to audition, and then she nailed her audition. And then I just told her, look, I think you're gonna probably end up getting it based on who she told me that that they were also looking at. And but I remember just thinking to myself, because it scared me so much, I'm like, okay, I, I always like things that challenge me. So that I liked. And then I went to go ask my, you know, my friends, you know, people that in, in business, uh, colleagues, like, do you think I should do this show? Everyone said no. They're like, that's going to end your marriage. What the hell are you doing? Your business is doing well. Like, that's the last thing you want to do. And at the time, Teddy and I weren't in a good place either. Like, we were oh. in a very, very bad place. Wow. And we were such in a bad place that at the time I was thinking, okay, well, if she gets the show, show, because at the time, you know, she, she was just staying at home and she had just started all in. So she was starting to kind of get her life back, mm -hmm. you know, as far as like when she had the babies, like she stopped working, she stopped writing and she became more dependent on me all the time to come home. And like, she didn't really have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Not that raising kids is not, cause that alone is a job. It's in its half. Yeah. I think she was so used to being independent and working and doing her thing that, you know, we just, she kind of lost herself. I, we, we started to kind of separate as far as like, we weren't connecting. And again, we were such in a dark place that I'm like, well, Maybe if she gets the show, she gets a little purpose and then, and then I don't, maybe I could just go, you know, yeah. that's how bad it was. Wow. But you know, what's interesting is that when you don't do something for a long time, you, you're going to dislike it. And like, if you don't go to the gym, if you haven't gone to the gym for the last two years, I promise you, you probably hate the gym. Right? Yes. If you haven't gone since 18 years ago, you probably hate the gym. Right. So at some point, like you, nothing stays the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. Right. And at the time we just weren't working on a relationship. Mm. Like it, it was like, I was doing my thing. She was kind of doing her thing. And what the show did, uh, at least for me, it like made me focus again in the relationship because I'm like, okay, well I cannot, I, I can't come out here and, and look divided because that's going to be a shit show. Yeah. And I don't want to live that life. I mean, I don't want to see my kids. I don't want my kids to see that. And I remember just, okay, I'm going to work on this. And funny thing, when you start working on your relationship, you realize like, oh shit, our relationship is actually pretty, pretty damn cool. And it just yeah. kept getting better and better and better. So, you know, I kid with my friends. I don't think a lot of people know that, but most people say that housewives ruined, well, the thought is that the housewives have ruined your, your marriage. For Teddy and I, it actually saved our marriage. And wow. we're actually closer than we've ever been. And uh, that definitely is an anomaly. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But again, it made us both work on something. And again, you start to realize 
wow, like this is why I fell in love. But when you're not willing to work on the relationship, yeah, then you just start growing apart, right? Like yeah. if you just stop working on it, like you're going to get worse. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. again, you're either getting better or you're getting worse, but it's not going to stay the same. If no. all of a sudden you're not trying to improve that relationship and it's staying stagnant, I promise you it starts to decline. But it certainly takes a team. It takes both of you to to see the same thing, right? Uh, I'm sure she did her part and you did your part to yeah, bring exactly. this, this, this relationship back together. Yeah, that is an interesting point because from my experience watching the show for so many years and being part of it, um, I've seen more divorces on this TV show than, you know, than yeah. court. Um, but that's amazing that it brought you guys back together and, and really solidified your relationship. Do you think it might have been because somebody put a microscope to your relationship that you thought, uh, I'm not going to lose this. I'm not, I'm a winner. I am not going to lose this. And I don't want, I don't want an outside force to, to, you know, ruin what I have. You think that had a part in it? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what was interesting is once the cameras are on you, like it, it brought accountability to me. Yeah. You know, it, it was, you know, back prior to that, there's nothing on, like, if I wanted to do something and I wanted to do it, I guess I could, right? Yeah. Um, nobody knew who I was. And uh, I think once the cameras were on, like, it's like, oh, well, now now you're you're accountable, right? Like, if you do something, the whole world's going to see it and all your kids are going to see it, right? Yeah. And um, I think that's what, like, made me, you know really focus on 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 the relationship and when i did i was like whoa this is what the hell was i even thinking you know yeah. I, I was just in a dark place myself so for me i was single when i met Terma and yeah i had to, i had to figure it out bro i i you know the first year i'm like what am i getting myself into and I went in it like, like I do with all my relationships, just open arms, wide eyed. Let's just, you know, I'm, I'm up for a challenge. And, yeah. and like you, when I feel fear, I go after it. You know, that's, that's one, one indicator that I know I have to overcome. Anything that scares me, I have to overcome. And yep. if it doesn't scare me, then it's probably not worth it. And it's, it's been proven over and over that if it's not scary, it's probably not worth it anyway. So when I, uh, was involved in the show the first year was a great experience and till it wasn't <laughs> you know <laughs> because they made me they made me look like the knight in shining armor right coming in was, to that, save. was that the first year or half of the season and then no. they turned on you or was it the first year you were just like the perfect the first couple? the first three quarters of the year it was it was the perfect couple and then they turned on me at the end of the season and i had to make a hard decision like okay first of all i have no control here they can edit it any way I can. And fortunately, because I had a legal background, I, I read that contract. So that was, you know, that was good experience. And then every year after, uh, or wait, let me go back to where they, they, um, they turned on me. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't, turn on you? it wasn't necessarily that they turned on me. Um, I don't think that's what happened. What happened was I was filming with my wife and, and I think it was Vicky and, Brooks. And we were going to go film at the Catalina Island. 
and I was working all day. It was a Friday. I skipped breakfast. I skipped lunch. I was just trying to get all my work done because I didn't, I couldn't work that weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. And come five o'clock. Okay. I finished my work, nothing in my stomach, jumped in the limo, had a drink. By the time we got to Long Beach to the, to the ferry, I was drunk and got in the boat halfway to the island. Somebody said something stupid or she said something stupid. And it just made me so mad. I lost my cool. I lost control. And when we got to the island, she was kind of elbowing me, like, stop getting so angry. You know, cameras are on you. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. I don't just want to get off this island. I don't want to do this anymore. And I slept on it the next morning. I was fine, of course. And on the way back to the main island, I was like, I have to make a hard decision here. You know, because I honestly do not want to do this ever again. And if Mm -hmm. I don't do this ever again then I don't know what's going to be with this relationship because this is a huge part of her life. I mean, this is her reality. And I had to flip a switch. It was a big mental moment for me in my life where, you know what? I don't want to do this, but I want to see what it is with her. And I flipped a switch in my head and I said, just do it, enjoy it, don't drink and stay out of the camera. Right. (laughs) And that formula worked for me until today. I, 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 you know, like you, I just run from the drama. I know it's, it's not part of me. I don't want to be a sixth housewife. I don't want to be a part of it, but I want to support her a hundred percent any way I can. Um, and, and, and see her shine. And she's, she's been amazing, you know, all these years, just not just in her, skills but tolerating this whole experience you know it's just drama <laughs> it's just yeah. completely the opposite it's exactly what i i stay away from in my life you know i do everything to stay away from drama yeah and um and then it wasn't until um she got fired i think it was three years ago she got fired and um it really put her world upside down i mean 12 years doing this it was her whole identity mm-hmm. and she was pretty much traumatized i mean it took me a year to talk her off the ledge like you know there's more to life than the housewives and um and, and the whole experience you know from the moment it happened when they told her they basically kicked her to the curb and she had to pick herself up and i had to help her and and just be there with her and and, and help her you know figure out other ways to make money fortunately uh influencer marketing was big at the time she was doing really well with that and then a year later they try to get her back on the show as a friend and i said no don't do it you're just devaluing yourself you're not going to be happy if you do this and we Mm -hmm. got into a little fight about it because she was adamant like this is what she wants to do this is her opportunity to go back and i said think about the setting babe you're going back to do the dirty work for another cast member on the show and that's what you want to be known as and we didn't talk for a day the day came and went the very next day she's like thank you so much for not letting me do that thank you so much for you know being there for me and it was a tough moment but it really helped her grow and realize what her true worth is what her value is and then i think about six months later she got asked to go back on the show full time and i'm like well it's your call, you know. This is your life. I'm, I'm, right. I, I'm here to support you any way you want. You, 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 you're a lot smarter now. You've gone through hell and back with them, and and yeah, I agree. You're really good at it. You are really good at it. So if that's what you want to really do, let's yeah. do it. You know, I'm, I'm here for you, babe. And that's how she came back. And I regretfully came back, but 
Um, <laughs> I also had to, you know, change my attitude again. You know, yeah. I said, I, I have to be a part of this. And I tried to be a little bit more engaged this, this next round, primarily because the negative people, when those people were fired, that's when I felt more comfortable, you know, participating, you know, being, right. you know, engaged and, and, and asking questions about it. Right. So yeah. It's, it's been a crazy, crazy experience. Um, I don't know what it's, it's going to be, but for me, I mean, we got a wedding special out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Which on the next show, we got to talk more about that wedding special and how that all came about. And I mean, we got so much to talk about. It's funny. I had the same thing, Eddie, where I, uh, second, I think it was the second or third episode. Again, I was so shy and timid now i don't really have to do that anymore but i would drink shots before i would start filming so one day before we started filming i took a bunch of shots <laughs> and i was so wasted that at the end of the night teddy and i got in probably one of the biggest fights in our entire lives and they never showed it and oh. i'm thinking it's because teddy thinks there was cameras in the car yeah i don't think there were but she's like yeah they just didn't want to show it but yeah. i i mean they could have made me look really, really bad. But I think yeah. that first year they tried um, making me look good or us good. And uh, But the funny part about that is the next day we're going to film. So I go downstairs to go get my 1942, start serving myself some shots. And I'm like, this is water. And Teddy had refilled the whole thing with water. And she's like, I don't want you drinking on this damn freaking show again. And that was pretty much the the end of me drinking uh, before we started filming. So smart, very smart. <laughs> anyway, I figured I'd share that as we end the show. Yes, yes. Good talk, man. That was awesome. I think um, not a bad warm up, right? Not a bad warm up. Not a first time. Not a bad first time. I think we're going to have some questions for our listeners. I think they're going to have a lot of questions for us. So, yeah. Um, if you enjoy the show and, and you have questions for us, please send them our way via email or Instagram. Um, um, there's, there's a lot of ways to send them over, even through our wives, because they're the ones that roped us into this. <laughs> yeah. And please leave a review. And again, you could ask us any questions from faith, family, fitness, finance, fun, like anything you want, like just and anything, anything you want and leave a review. And, and, um, one last thing to hold back with our answers either. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. That's what's going to help us continue the show. So we're doing that to, um, just share our experience, give you the the male perspective on this whole housewife life. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Oh, and don't forget, leave a review. It's very important for us to know if we're doing something right or something wrong. (laughs) There we go. We'll talk to you later then. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause.
Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 